This episode of HBR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hello, this is Ahuka, welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio and another exciting episode in our ongoing series on LibreOffice Calc. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to get into financial functions. Last time we looked at all the different kinds of functions available, but we're going to have to really demonstrate a little bit about how to use some of these things. Uh, so what I want to do is get into financial functions, probably this and the next uh, episode. Then do maybe a few on statistical functions. I don't think I'm going to delve into every single function. Um, the idea that I want to get across to you is that once you get comfortable working with functions, you can explore the rest of them on your own. And there's a huge number of functions available, and many of them you may not be interested in. So I'm going to try and pick some that I, I think might have some interest at least. Uh, and show you how to use those. And maybe with those tools, you'll be able to delve into others if you have specialized needs and want them. So for this one, financial functions, uh, I'm going to look at something involving loan payments because that's one of those things most of us end up having to deal with one way or another. Uh, now, when we first introduced the topic of spreadsheets, we said that spreadsheets was the killer app that led to the widespread adoption of PCs and companies. And the reason for that was that you could do sophisticated financial analysis with spreadsheets. So it should not come as any great surprise that there are many wonderful financial functions in Calc. The thing that you need to bear in mind about these is that they're all oriented to doing financial analysis on investments. But if you take the time to understand what these functions are doing, you can often use them in other ways, and I'm going to show you how. As we pointed out, all functions in Calc take arguments, and in this case, you might expect the arguments would have to do with interest rates, principal amounts, time periods, payment amounts, and that sort of thing. The general form of such a function ties all of these together in a relationship that lets you specify all but one of them and then solve for the remaining one. Here's an example, courtesy of a site called wikihow.com, which does offer their material under a Creative Commons license. Uh, so I am satisfying the terms of the license by telling you where I got it, and in fact the link will be in the show notes looks like a good site. You might find some other things you like there. So, here's the function m equals p times 
open parentheses, J divided by, open parentheses again, 1 minus, open parentheses a third time, 1 plus J, close parentheses, raised to the power of minus N, close parentheses, close parentheses. Well, that was certainly very clear, wasn't it? So, what are these? M is the monthly payment. P is the principal amount of the loan. J is the monthly interest, which is the annual interest divided by 12, and then to take it from an interest to a decimal, divide by 100. doesn't matter which order you do those. Divide and then divide. It's... What is that, commutative, I think, or transitive or something? It's been years since I had to learn all of that stuff. So, what's going on here? Basically, you borrow some amount, P, which you need to repay. And you will make payments for N number of months. But you cannot simply divide P by N to get your monthly payment, because you also need to pay interest on the loan. Interest is usually given as an annual percentage, such as 8% per year. To use this in a calculation, you need to convert the percentage into a decimal, and that means dividing by 100 to get 0 0.08. But generally, you don't pay interest once a year. You pay it every month in your payments. So the last adjustment is to divide by 12 to get 12 monthly payments. Now, Having said this, the calculation we're about to do may not exactly match what your bank calculates. It depends on compounding, and banks are very ingenious at finding ways to have one number that says this is what we're charging and, and somehow turn it into something that gets them even more. Uh, I'm not going to dig into it because this is a tutorial on calc. It's not a course in advanced finance. So once you have this formula, you can do a simple model in a spreadsheet where if you plug in any three of the variables, you can calculate the fourth one. For example, suppose the car dealer makes you an offer. You can either get $1,000 off on the price of the car or get a half a percent lower interest rate, which is the better offer. Well, let's put in some actual numbers and do a calculation here. Suppose the car you're looking at normally sells for $19,000. You are looking at a four-year loan, and the normal interest rate on these loans is 8%. You can put this into a spreadsheet and do a quick calculation. I set up one of these on a sample spreadsheet like this. First, I selected cells A1 through C1. I click on the Merge and Center Cells button on the formatting bar. Now this is the one that's just to the right of the left align, center, right align, and justify. And as the name suggests, when you click the Merge and Center Cells button, it merges the cells and then centers whatever you put in. So I type in Manual Model, make it bold, and increase the font size to Arial 12. Now this is just putting a little header on the stuff that I'm going to do. Just to make it a little easier to to read, I'm going to right-click on that, select Format Cells, Background, and give it a nice blue background. 
It's not strictly necessary, but it makes the spreadsheet a little more attractive and I think just a little bit easier to read, and that's not a bad thing. Okay, so I got my header set up, and that's on the first row. Then in cell A2, I type price of car, and in cell B2, I type 19,000. In cell A3, I type periods, and in cell B3, I type 48. This represents a four-year loan with 48 monthly payments. In cell A4, I type interest rate, and in cell B4, I typed 0 0.08. Now, because the interest rate is given as an annual rate and I want to do monthly payments, I'm going to do an intermediate calculation. So in cell A5, I typed monthly interest rate, and in cell B5, I typed uh, B4 divided by 12. Now, this is the raw material for my calculations. The variable I left out is the monthly payment, and that's what I would solve for. Uh, in cell A7, I type base case. Then I skip a line, because I'm going to do some comparisons. In cell A9, I type scenario A. And then in cell A10, I type 1,000 off the price. And I drop down a little bit. In cell A13, I typed scenario B. And then in cell A14, I typed 0 .005 reduction in rate. Now that is half a percent, because I have to remember I have to divide by 100 to get the decimal equivalent of half a percent. Then in column C, I will put my answers. So in cell C2, I typed monthly payment. Now, I'm going to use my math skills. In cell C7, opposite base case, I put in my formula, replacing the variable names in the above formula with cell addresses. So now the formula reads B2 times, open parentheses, B5 divided by, open parentheses, 1 minus open parentheses, 1 plus B5, close parentheses, raised to the power of minus B3, close parentheses, close parentheses. Now, this is really the same thing as the formula that I gave you before with M and P and J and N. Um, that's fine. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. So I've simply replaced those with cell addresses of cells that have that data in it. Now, I haven't actually put in any scenario adjustments, and that's fine, because what I'll do is I'll copy the formula exactly and put it into cell C10 for my first scenario, and then in cell C14 for my second scenario. So I click on C7, Go to the formula bar, highlight the formula, and then copy it. Then go to cell C10, click on it, and paste. Do the same thing for cell C14. So now I have the same number in all three of these cells. It is the monthly payment if you borrow 19000 at 8% annual interest for 48 months. And it comes to $463.85.
But I need to adjust for my scenarios, which I have not done yet. So now I go back to cell C10, click on it, and edit the formula. The scenario is reducing the price of the car by 1000 Since the price is in cell B2, I can replace B2 in my formula with open parentheses B2 minus 1000 close parentheses. Note that the parentheses are very important here. If you want to calculate the reduced amount borrowed, you, you want to do that before you do the multiplication. Leave that out, you get a very bad answer indeed, but do it right and you should get $439.43. So, in rough terms, you knock 24 bucks a month off the payment. Now, what about the second scenario? That was reducing the annual interest rate by 0 0.05. But again, I need to get this in monthly terms, and that means dividing by 12. So again, I'm going to do an intermediate calculation. In cell A15, I type monthly interest rate. In cell B15, I type equals, open parentheses, B4 minus 0 0.005 close parentheses, divided by 12. Again, make sure you put the parentheses around that B4 minus 0 0.005, because you need to do that calculation before you do the division. Now, in my formula in cell C14, I make the adjustment by replacing every instance of B5, the old interest rate number, with B15, my new number. So now my formula reads equals B2 multiplied by open parentheses B15 divided by open parentheses 1 minus open parentheses 1 plus B15 close parentheses raised to the power of minus B3 close parentheses close parentheses. And my new monthly payment appears to be $459.40, so I would be better off taking the $1,000 discount instead of the interest rate reduction in this particular case. Now, this is uh, probably seems a little bit complicated, fairly difficult to do if you're not used to doing financial calculations, so wouldn't it be nice if you could do the same thing with a built-in function? And you can. There is a financial function called PMT that handles this very nicely. But note, you need to have gathered the same information we used above for our manual calculation. The PMT function has these arguments. First one is rate. Well, that's what we had above for our interest rate but it should be the annual rate divided by 12 to get the monthly rate, not just the annual rate. NPER stands for number of periods, which in our example is 48. PV is the present value, which in this case is the amount you borrowed, in other words, 19,000. FV is the future value, which we're going to assume you pay off everything you borrow, so at the end it should be zero. Then there's something called type, which is optional. A variable that specifies when the payment occurs each month. If you enter zero or leave it blank, it is assumed to be the end of the month. 
If you enter a 1, it means your payment is at the beginning of the month. The, the difference is slight in either case. So, I added another section to my sheet to show what happens if I use the built-in formula. To do this, you begin by clicking on the cell where you want the formula to be calculated, then go to the function key and select it. Select Financial in the Category drop-down, then scroll down to PMT. Select it and click Next. This will bring up a window on the right with fields for each of your variables. Now you could type in numbers, but that is not the way to do it. I keep telling you, cell addresses is the way to go. So to grab the cell addresses, we click on the field to put our insertion mark there, then click on the cell, and it will be added to the field. So to do a comparison, I go to cells A18 through C18, click the Merge and Center Cell button, apply font styles and background as before, but now I'm going to call it using the PMT formula. So that's the header for this section. So in cell A20, I type base case. In cell A22, I type scenario A. In cell A24, I type scenario B. Then in cell C20, I click on the function wizard, select the PMT function, and fill it out using the numbers we got earlier. Rate, well, cell B5. N per, cell B3. FV is cell B2. Uh, PV, I'm sorry, is cell B2. FV is left blank, which means it's assumed to be zero. In other words, the loan will be completely paid off. Then for scenario A, rate is B5, N per is B3, present value, cell B2 minus 1,000, FV still blank. For scenario B, rate is cell B15 now, N per, number of periods, that's still cell B3, present value is cell B2, future value left blank. And when you do that, what numbers do you get? For the base case, $463.85. For scenario A, $439.43. And scenario B, $459.40. And these are exactly the numbers we got previously, or almost so. There is one difference. They're reported as negative numbers. But that only means that they are money being paid out rather than money coming in. Remember, we're using a function used to evaluate investments and just turning it around. So don't worry about those minus signs. As long as you understand what you're doing, don't worry about it. So lessons learned. The formula we use to do the manual calculation is obviously the exact same formula that Calc used to get these monthly payment numbers. I went through this exercise in part to demonstrate that idea and to give you some sense of what is going on behind the scenes when you use a formula. I probably won't do it again, but I thought it was worth doing once. The first step in using a formula is to look at the arguments it requires and make sure you have them ready to hand. If you are not sure what each variable really means, do a little Google research. 
One thing that may help is that in the cases I have investigated so far, the calc functions and the Excel functions are identical. You may find it easier to get a good explanation off an Excel help site. If so, use it. You don't get bonus points for avoiding the best information. And the last one, I did intermediate calculations several times in my example. Now, these are not strictly necessary, but they are usually a good idea. I could have made my formulas even more complicated by adding the adjust terms into them directly. But the problem is your formulas quickly become almost impossible to debug that way. A good intermediate calculation lets you move some of that outside the formula, and you can usually do a quick sanity check to see if the number you get is plausible. For instance, if you divided by 12, did the answer look like 1 12th of what you started with? Okay, so I did all of this on a spreadsheet. Uh, I have uploaded it to my website. You can download it and take a look at it. I encourage you to do that. Uh, and see if you can follow along with the things that I did, because I, I understand that this can be a little tricky to do in audio. Uh, and so check the show notes, and everything will be there. So for now, this is Ahuka signing off for Hacker Public Radio, reminding everyone to support free software. Goodbye. <laughs>